Beer Fridge Podcast. Hello and welcome to another weekly episode of the Beer Fridge Podcast. Real beer, real breweries, real opinions. As always, wherever you listen to this episode, make sure you subscribe and hit that ding a ling a ling to be notified of all the latest episodes. We are the home of real beer, real breweries, and real opinions. My name is Gavin. As always, I've got my usual drinking buddies. I've got Callum, I've got Scott, and I've got MD. Good evening, gentlemen. Oh, hello. Evening, evening. And tonight, I'm glad to say we're joined by Dan from Heist Brewing. How you doing, mate? I'm all good, thanks. Oh, stop. It's Heist Brew Co. Oh, come on. <laughs> really? Imagine <laughs> making a rip roar after that again. To be honest with you, at least I got the name sort of right. I've started these intros and basically called the, the wrong podcast before, and I've called it the wrong brewery. So, like, it's Heist Brew Co. My apologies. Most people call it Heist or... <laughs> or something like that. So I, I'll I'll give you the pass on that. That would be that would have been funnier actually, knowing my history on and doing these introductions. To be honest, so to be fair, that's why we let him do it because he fucked it up so many times. It's fucking hilarious. It's, it's a weekly basis. Yeah, we, we look like. forward to the fuck ups. Um, we, like we say, we've got Dan joining us this evening. We'll start off as we normally do and go around the virtual table, see what we're drinking to start off this fine evening. Um, Mark, I've just seen you taking a drink from your vessel. What you got, mate? I'm I'm on like home brand today, so I'm a, I'm. This is a wee bit of like kind of wanky self promotion, I suppose. Oh, here but we go. I'm, I'm gonna I'll keep it really sweet and short. I have um, Spay Valley's uh, brand new Speyside Lager. It's a five percent traditional lager, easy drinking, and I'm I'm actually finding it really pleasant. To be fair, it's kind of like got a I was going to put like a mainstream laggers name on that, but I don't really want to give them too much credit in, on that <laughs> sense. It's kind of like a, a like a, an OE kind of golden um, multi backbone to it. It's maybe not as carbonated or as crisp as I would like if I'm being overcritical, but it's really tasty. And if you're in Scotland or anywhere, you should definitely have this on tap and keg. And if you want it, then you should phone me. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> hashtag, um, hashtag ad. Uh, no. Hashtag 100% plug. Are you fine for this advert? No? By the way, have you, I was going to say, have, have you sorted out how much is G for that advert? I know. Well, I'm basically what, paying myself to ad, advertise on my own podcast handy. What, what, so. what, one is it, what one is it we charge for that? I don't know. Oh, millions, oh, mate. <laughs> millions. <laughs> right, uh, Gilroy, Gilroy, what you got? Um, so I'm on, um, what are they called now? I think they've changed their name so many times. It's, uh, I think it's Pilot Gas and Electric Company these days, um, as opposed to brewery. So <laughs> I'm on uh, Pilot's IPA, 5.2%. It's Citra, Brew One and Talus in there. Plenty of pineapple, pink grapefruit, a little bit of raisin, um, tropical notes. So... It does exactly what it says on the tin. That's the all the wackage and bingo phrases, but it is it does deliver. Um, it's pretty tasty. It's not too over the score at five point two. Perfectly sessionable, almost table for us mm. here. Um, and it's perfect. It's really refreshing. Pretty standard stuff. I've had it a good few times, and when I saw it um, in North Berwick at the weekend, I was like, I've got, got to have a couple of these just as a. To, to accompany my gin that I was also having at the same time. <laughs> so that's the, the perfect accompaniment. Not too strong in flavour. It'll let me enjoy the gin, but also maintain having a beer at the same time, which is excellent. Sounds good. Cal, what you got, mate? I'm on Stuart's New England IPA, uh, Galaxy Amarillo, 5.3%. Uh, 
and it's just an absolute standard. It's it's peach and passion fruit. It's got a decent body. Um, it's lovely and refreshing and cold out the fridge. And yeah, it's just for a, for a supermarket in Nipa, it's it's pretty good. Does does the job. It certainly does. does indeed. It fucking does. Uh, myself, I'm on Polly's and their strata, uh, paleo 5.4%. Um, I am assuming this is a single hot beer. Um, kind of looking at a West Coast style, lovely, earthy, kind of grassy, funky aroma to it, which is really nice. A lovely passion fruit flavor, almost kind of like ripe melons, um, which is coming through really nice. Lovely and light, nice and clean. Um, a lovely, lovely wee bit of piney bitterness on the back end to finish the beer off. It rounds off lovely. Not bitter enough for you, Marky Boy, but enough bitterness that the non-West Coast lover would enjoy it. And somebody Is it labelled as a West Coast? No, it just says, just says a pale. Just oh, says pale. Go, so. A bitter pale. It's a bitter pale. Exactly what you want. But yes, it's, if somebody's looking for more West Coast styles, this is a good introduction also. Right, we're all off. Topic and off off brand. Dan, are you on brand? Are you drinking one of your own beers? Yeah, I suppose the one benefit about working in a brewery, or actually, don't really get to take much beer home myself, but um, I do dispatch all the orders from my house. So I'm drinking a very dented returned can from DPD. Of it's fairly old now. It's about seven months old. It's uh, missing a few pegs. It's one of our core range. It's the it's the previous batch. Uh, to be honest, I, I'm shocked at how well it's still holding up. Um, it's a month past expiration. You're still getting all those fruity flavors. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> it's tasting tasting pretty nice. But as I say, it's core range. Nothing nothing major excited about this. It's uh, Eldorado and, and Strata. Um, yeah, just just our, our core core base. I know, just the core range. Just Eldorado doing Strata. Just banging hops <laughs> all the time. And, and, uh, and that's 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 an unusual thing there. The DPD damage in a delivery. I, I don't think I've ever heard of that before. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I'm surprised how well it's on up considering it looks as though they kept it for the yeah. dead to your house. Uh, <laughs> no, you know, they, they've always been great until the last six months or so, and now everything's uh, everything's damaged. I've got a fridge full of dented cans. For like three three orders went out the same week. Uh, what, he actually, what Dan actually did was he kicked fuck at them, sent them away, and they came back. Oh, what a shame. <laughs> Oh, the beers are the turn. Too bad. <laughs> what a shame. Um, like we said, we've got Dan joining us from Heist Bruco um, this evening. Um, the first main question has got to be how it all kind of started and the story of how it began. Um, so back in 2016, uh, me and my business partner, Adam, were working a call centre together. Um, it's kind of funny because it, it, was, an, it was an awful job. Um, ter- well, terrible job. But it had a really generous sick pay leave and allocation <laughs> basically got six months full sick pay and i thought fuck this i'm leaving i'm gonna i'm gonna take six months i'm gonna figure out something to do um so i i just went home and just thought well, i need to get out of, out of call centers what can i do so I started looking into sort of not get rich quick schemes but you know like how to make money without having yeah. money in the first place and we drop, looked- drop shipping and all that kind of shit Oh, well, we've done all that in the past, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh, it was working a sort of an export agent, working for different brands. We were looking at all the tenders coming in on the on the um, government website for what yeah. we were looking for, and craft beer was the one that had the most. And I, I sort of drank it at the time, but I wasn't really invested in the scene properly. Mm-hmm. And I saw how much was coming up, so I just looked into the business a bit and thought, yeah, this this is going somewhere. Um, so we ended up 
basically looking for an office couldn't find an office that was any good so we found a couple of units that were small so we could start up a beer shop or something like that and then we ended up finding something in the village where adam lives which was an old school um and just found out it'd been sort of like left left to itself for the last three years or so mm-hmm. uh, we inquired about it the rent was mega cheap um so we took that on then realized it was too big for a bottle shop so <laughs> we turned it into a bar um and then we had space for a brewery so yeah it's all it sort of snowballed it was it was ridiculous really looking back at it would i start the journey again no <laughs> definitely <laughs> not it's been great along the way but i look back and i'm like how on earth did we swindle that um but yeah, we started off in Clown, which is in North Derbyshire, like yeah, 2017, beginning of 2017, we launched yeah. um, as a bar first. The brewery came a bit later. But yeah, now we're in Sheffield and yeah, everything's just gone from one, one step to the next and it's just sort of taken off a bit. It does. It looks like from, like, I mean, from an outside point of view, you guys are just like, you're, you're growing in massive hype in terms of like on social media and stuff and that's where I, I first come across you guys. Um, like with the, the one, the logo and stuff that you use is awesome. Um, all the media stuff that you do, it looks fucking amazing. And the, the labels and stuff just look incredible as well. Like the latest picture you've got up there on your IG, uh, referring to the, the one of the newer beers, the Super Nintendo Charms, which one is a, an amazing name and two, a crazy looking beer to the point where when I seen it, I, I screenshotted it and sent it to the guys. And I was like, holy fuck, have you seen this? That looks fucking mental. Like, where did you think of, let's just, let's get Lucky Charms and Super Nintendo and then just fucking bang it all together into a beer? Like, where does that idea stem from? Uh, we've kind of a thing with the brewers. So once a week, we've got, um, we've got a small pilot kit and we release one new beer every week at the tap room. That's a 20 litre corny keg. It's a, it's a yeah. home kit, essentially. And it's free range just to go crazy with something. So we've done everything from like 15% post-fermented fruited sours that are just ridiculous to some crazy ass imperial stouts and um yeah that was chris who is uh, one of our brewers just really liked the idea of doing something like that yeah so we're like yeah stick it in pilot kit see how it goes sold out in about five ten minutes like the whole keg just won. we're like right okay we need to upscale this it's not really my, my style of beer as such yeah Bit, bit too sweet. I mean, it tastes, tastes great. It's great and white, uh, great, and it's sold out pretty much completely. Um, but yeah, we, we just we just test it on the pilot kit, see how things go, and then put it up to full production. That's one of the benefits, I suppose, being able to pour it at your tap room, isn't it? As in, you can brew it, fry it on special release. Once it's gone, it's gone. You know, like twenty liters of it is not going to last overly yep. long, realistically, and. And it gives you like like basically free reign to like develop recipes and all the rest of it. Yeah, it's good. We stick we stick everything on at five pound a pint on a Friday, so everyone knows it's coming. So you always get people coming in to try it. So you get on the spot. People at first were probably kinder than they would have been. Now it's kind of a case of like, no, t- tell us what you like. Tell us we don't like. Um, people are never that upset. So it's a cheap pint. We've had big imperial sales on it, five pound a pint equivalent. Uh, but. Yeah, it's, it's good to be able to get that first-hand experience and then we can put stuff, especially stuff like that. We don't do that with everything, but um, yeah. stuff, stuff that's a bit crazier, see if there's actually people are actually in the market for it. So you mentioned before there um, that your background was never in craft beer at all and you, it wasn't a thing that you were interested in, so to speak. Have you, have you found that 
that a benefit to yourself having fresh eyes on the scene or has it been like a learning curve for yourself as well? Oh, it's been a massive learning curve. Uh, well, at, at the beginning, but I'm one of those people that sort of obsesses over things. So mm. as soon as we started looking into this, I was going to beer tastings, found like a few beers that I liked. And then I was just like reading things about it, got really, really into it. Um, my wife obviously wasn't very happy how much money I was spending on beer <laughs> from cases of Budweiser down to like, hundred pound hauls from the from the local sort of beer shop um but yeah I, I just sort of immersed myself in it before we even had a thought of opening the actual yeah. room that was uh so was yeah. that your was that your go-to tipple before then Budweiser yeah unfortunately it was I, I was I was very much somewhere yeah, yeah. True. I was very much a heathen when it came to uh when it came to beer I I, I just drank to get drunk really now, here's a question for you. Do you occasionally go back to Budweiser or are you like, fuck that shit? Absolutely not. No, I, I can't stand it. My, my sort of guilty pleasure is a, like a can of Stella, maybe. Quite like Stella. Fair um, enough. It, I, can't, I can't see anything because I go back to Tenants every now and again, so I can't see shit. To, to be fair, Tenants is... It, I actually, I, I enjoyed that. When I, when I brewed with 71 one time, they're like, I'll oh, come and drink Tenants. I'm like, oh, it sounds shit, blah, blah, blah. I'll like, no, just try it, try it. It's like super fresh. They do the best pint of Tenants in here. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's all right, actually. It's quite, it's, it's not bad. If it was See, on, the thing is, you can call it shit because I will not be one slightest bit offended because <laughs> these boys have, have said it's shit every single week to me, and it's absolutely yeah. saying, that, saying, that, saying it's the best type of best pint of tenants is like saying when it's the best strainy cholera that you can get. <laughs> you know? okay. There's a time and a place, come on. Oh, I totally, I drank. <laughs> I drank about I I, I drank about, about eight or nine pints of tenants last Friday because it was the only hang on draft and it was lovely. We all we all go to Stella as well. It's the I was in a a hotel a couple of weeks ago meeting a couple of colleagues for a drink and that was it was like as soon as I saw Stella I was just stopped at that. It was like Guinness for a can, some other it was like Menabrea or something like that and I was like oh they've got Stella on draft just give me that oh, Stella's yeah. perfect. It's not had that in a long time. Go for it. Proper glass. That's it. It's like perfect. That'll do it. The chalice, the, the wanky craft beer glass. I was a bit upset they didn't have it unfiltered, but I made do with the original. I've not I've not I've not tried the hazy boy yet. So the unfiltered's all right. It's I, I don't I don't get much difference. Just, taste, just tastes the same as still. Uh, <laughs> just just looks a bit better and it looks a bit more. Acceptable in the, in the glass. In the glass, uh, it's not, you can tell it for a mile away. It's not quite got a string vest on, but it's uh, <laughs> the unfiltered version. <laughs> Slightly more refined. Okay. Um, talk us through some of the beers you've, you've currently got available. I mean, you look at your tap room and you mentioned the tap room already. One, so I sent the boys um, the a video you've got on your website of the tap room. One, that place looks fucking phenomenal, by the way. Um, how many taps you got in there? On there, uh, thirty permanent, but we've usually got about thirty-four on because we've got two lenders as well. Christ, and uh, one cask as well. Oh, and just add to one cask. Too. There you go. Naturally. <laughs> so what? What? What's your kind of latest selection of beers? In because I don't know if we go through all thirty odd, we'll be here all fucking night. Yeah. So, so we don't at the tap room. We don't put all at thirty of our own on there. We usually have fifteen guests and then fifteen yeah. of our own. Uh, newest ones at the moment, um, we've got Bring the Heat, which is a pastry sour, 7.1%, which was a collaboration with Hidden Springs from Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. 
Yeah. As you would imagine, big, massive fruited strawberry, mango, and raspberry. Was that, an, was that a, an away leg or a home leg? That was a home leg. We get oh, the away, away leg next year. There you um, go. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, got that going. Uh, we've got a real nice sort of session West Coast IPA on at the moment, which um, I just love sort of drinking. Um, Is it West Coast? It's Is probably it? West Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. We, we, we dabbled with West Coast a little bit last year and it just, I'm like getting out of the brewery. I'm like, this isn't West Coast. This is the hazy IPA with a bit of bitterness. So gone back to the drawing board and sort of redeveloped that in the pilot kit a bit. So yeah, we're going more sort of crystal malts, all traditional sort of sea hops in there. Good, good dose of bitterness, but it's only about four and a half percent. We wanted to just mm-hmm. test the full batch before we went went too high. Yeah, get the Bruce. fucking get the fucking IBUs in there. Come on. <laughs> the, one, the, one that, the one that I noticed on the website, um, that I'm really keen to try is it's called Third Times a Charm. Yes, yeah. is that on draft as well? It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, it's sort of a second stab at like a new world Belgian. So it's kind of new in the IPA style, but we're using um, some Abbey East and it's got all, all the sort of uh, esters from it, but a big dry hop in there as well. well um, nice, yeah, that, that that's tasting pretty good right now. So we've just uh, we've got that on there. Um, the rest of it at the moment is. It's kind of a lot of our core that's gone in. So yeah. we, we do a core range like Kolsch style, which is our lager for the tap room, so to speak. Um, we've got a New England pale on at the moment, as well, which we've done in collaboration with Sheffield Mines. So that's a, oh, a cool. sort of charity beer that's based on Sheffield for a big event that we do. Um, but you pretty much name any style. We we brewed it. We try, try and keep a good a good selection of different styles on rather than having like yeah types of hazy boys like and i've seen as well like looking through the the, the list of of guest beers that you have on of or had on as well um you've, you've had some beers from north of the border which we like to see i know i noticed you've got some bruton our friends at bruton um el juicy yeah. uh, on at the yeah, moment yeah. i i say i say friends and yeah, we, we, we try and keep some on, uh, for sure. It's got a really good scene up in Scotland. We, we went up there. We were looking at getting a place up in Edinburgh um, maybe six months ago before COVID kicked back off again. Yeah. Just love the city, love the beer scene around there. But we found there's so many places that just weren't championing Scottish beer as such. Yeah. So I wanted to bring that in there as long as having the split lines between us and then the 15 Scottish guests. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of my favourite breweries up there. Holy Goat probably up, up there, my favourite. Okay, so. Absolutely banging. God, you can't go, you can't go wrong with them. Definitely, fucking not. Yeah. Um. I mean, is it a a brewery north of the border that you haven't worked with already that you would you would like to work with? I mean, I look at your list of collaborations and the breweries you've worked with, and it's a fucking who's who. To be fair, Full Circle, Vocation, Phantom, Neon Raptor, Lock Loman, No Tours on Sunday, um, or Saturday, any day at all. Um, you also did the collaboration with Top Rope which we had a couple of weeks back, the Booker T, um, yeah, yeah. which was the one beer that we couldn't well, I couldn't anyway, I know there was a couple of so, like, we couldn't decide if we liked it or not but it was like such an intriguing beer that you, you had to keep drinking it to try and fucking figure this thing out. Cause it was yeah, just, I quite liked it, I quite aye. liked it to be honest. I was. I think it's a really, split opinion of you bit amongst us, but I, I, I enjoyed yeah, it. I, I don't think I, I don't think it was like we either liked it or hated it. It was like we liked it or we liked it and just couldn't figure it out. It's kind of a. It, I think whenever you get Scott involved, he likes to go a bit crazy with with certain things. And I think together with Top Rope, um, I know they both had a couple of really good ideas. So um, they wanted to put something together. 
Um, if I'm honest, I haven't, I've got a can in, well, I've got a couple of cans in the fridge at work that I haven't tried yet. Just, there's just too much stuff coming out at the moment. I just don't get, get around trying everything. <laughs> First of all, problems like that. I'm making too much fucking good beer. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but north of the border, anyone I want to work with? Uh, yeah, plenty, but I don't know. I suppose Vault, Vault City on the list. Definitely, uh, definitely a big fan of Vault, but very good fan of uh, Holy Goat. We've just, we brewed them a few few months back so that'll mm-hmm. be released next month i believe so wow. uh looking forward to trying that um apart from that I, yeah new barns they're up in scotland right edinburgh yeah edinburgh. yeah tell you what i had some of their lagers they're absolutely banging yeah, yeah, superb yeah pails and lagers from new barns is uh that's the way forward definitely yeah literally my beer of the of yeah. the summer was is the beer called summer it's just fucking, Scott will testify to it. It's just so fucking good. It's just such a refreshing beer. Essentially alcoholic lemonade. Um, it's yeah. fucking brilliant. Fair play. Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to try and get hold of some more. Don't see, don't, don't see a lot of it in Sheffield. What, what, I've, like, what I like about like what you are doing just like on this cool collab thing is that like it's, you, you, like you say, you're, you're not shy, I suppose, about coming forward with that. Like, you know, you're wanting to collab with breweries kind of all over the country you've mentioned tampa you're in budapest so we have to mention and have a wee chat around that but like like what what like what do you get from these like collabs other than like an awesome beer and like do you kind of steal tip bits of people or do you see like how people work or is it just like getting out meeting like like-minded folk and getting pissed basically <laughs> <laughs> that's always a bonus depends which brewery it is they don't always give you beer um, but when we first when we first started we were a bar um, and we wanted to put the brewery on site but we needed to mm-hmm. kind of like this will sound really really weird and really stupid but uh, when we first started we were just going out and asking everybody if we wanted to do a collab as a small bar in Derbyshire and found out 50% of the time people would say yes so it's something interesting to bring back to the tap room. Yeah. At the same time, we knew if we're going to have a brewery on site, one of us needs to learn how to brew. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, pretty much spent the time just learning what we could, watching the process, like figuring things out whilst, whilst reading about it and then also seeing it in practice and trying to get in, as involved as possible. Um, and that really, really did help us when we first started brewing. I mean, we've done small batch stuff before, but nothing to the level where we were like, like long time home brewers or anything like that. Yeah. It, was, it was small stuff. Um, and then nowadays, I, I think the main thing about it is, you know, it's, it's really hard to stand out amongst three and a half thousand, 4,000 breweries um, across the UK. So in order to sort of put yourself in front of certain people, doing collaborations re- really works. So what we try and do as well is we try and bring some, some of the, I say smaller, don't, don't want to sound condescending, but, you know, some of the newer breweries that are coming through, if they ask us about doing a collab, we're more than happy to say, yeah, yeah, come on in, because that's what yeah. we did to start with. Um, but, yeah, for us, it's just another way of sort of marketing, I suppose. What's yeah, your, uh, yeah. oh, sorry, I was just going to ask, like, well, what's your brew size then? Like, how much are you brewing at a time? Uh, we, we're kind of small, so we're only a 1,000 litre at the moment. Right, okay. Uh, is- we, we're brewing a lot, so we've we've got... Three, five. We've got about twelve thousand liters of fermentation space, 
so we can do we can do a fair amount each month. Depends on how how hard I want to work the brewers. <laughs> <laughs> Be fair, they they pretty much run it themselves now. But um, yeah, we, we're on we're on track to upgrade the kit, but we've been holding off for twelve months just because we didn't know what the whole situation was going to be with covid and everything else that then's gone on since so we we're keeping ourselves the size we are until we know really what the outlook's going to be in the next six months makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. it makes you, you don't you don't want to commit to each brew being twice as expensive for energy if you're you know if you don't have to you know yeah 100 100 you got a car i thought you were going to jump in with yours oh i was i was just going to say i think i think collaborations are, are such a great are, are such a great thing, you know, and and, and it's great for, on on all sort of platforms. If it's a new brewery starting out, you know, maybe going to a bigger brewery and brewing, or if it's two breweries that are equal sized, you know, you're splitting the cost of the ingredients, you're splitting the cost of the marketing, you're you're, and then you've only got half the amount that you need to shift because mm-hmm. you're taking half and the other brewery's taking half, and you know, it just it just lessens the risk on all fronts. And I think that yeah, I I, I love the idea. Um, of of the collaboration and and it gives everybody a chance to learn from each other as well. I think it also gives um I think it gives certain certain breweries an excuse to do something they wouldn't normally do. So yeah. either it's a style they haven't done before, or it's a brewery that pretty much sticks their core range, and they they can convince I don't know if they're owned by somebody else who's very much like I want you to brew this. They can convince them to go. Ah, oh, we'll brew something more wild or more, more, more yeah. Put something more in. They've got that less less pressure. You've got two people pushing the beer. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. A lot of breweries are like production breweries now because of like demand and meeting, like you say, keg lines and cast lines and all the rest of it getting bought. That creating a new recipe is for the pilot kit, and then you think, right? Oh well, it's great. We can we can because we can't really dedicate the time on an unproven product and like the collab aspect of it like you say allows you to be a little bit more free as in like as long as the production's still going like if like we're off site we're like the we can we can make something that's a bit unique and weird and then you know still meet the demands that we need to keep the lights on but it allows us to kind of open a new channel maybe to something that's weird and wonderful so that's yeah yeah 100% 100% what's so like you say you've got this pilot kit you're trying the beers on there must be some horrendous ideas that have come through that you've been like what the fuck were we thinking ah <laughs> oh, i'm just trying to think <laughs> even if they weren't made if they were at least tabled somebody must have tabled a beer that was like you're like let's do a fucking i was going to say squid ink but some mad bastards done that already some yeah terrible. this yeah. is the thing that there's so many things there are things that i'll shoot down like i try not to get well try not to get too involved with what yeah. i do but ultimately I'm the one who's selling it. So it's, well, I was the one who's selling it, not anymore. So it's always been a bit of a, a bit of a sticking point. I think mm-hmm. we, we've got, we had three beers that came out in one month um, and they're all really, really good beers. Yeah. Are beers that do not sell at all. So what do we do? We did a lingonberry spiced old ale with Stig baguettes. Great beer. No one wants to buy that for the tap room because they don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. <laughs> If you've, got, uh, if you've got remainder stuff, get it set up. We we had a we had a spiced rye ale. This was this was like three brews in a row. Spiced rye ale, ale seven odd percent. So again, big percentage, but and not a cheap beer to make. So we had yeah. that there. So that was a really like tough month. We had something else as well. I think it was like American brown ale, which I loved, but it was really okay. 
really it's hard. A hard. That's a hard, hard sell. Yeah. It's a hard yeah. sell to the IPA crowd, isn't it? It's a yeah. <laughs> fancy <laughs> trying this. You're not getting the stouties, and you're not getting you're not getting <laughs> the IPA pale crowd to that one. Like, do you want to try something new you've ever had before? How about go for an American brown ale? Yeah, your, your OG craft beer drinkers that would that are going to lap that stuff up. Definitely, but I, I suppose the the one that we sort of put through the pilot kit and thought, oh, this is actually really good. We're going to do it. Was uh, the Palmer Violet Sour. So most of the development was how to make the beer purple. Oh. <laughs> and uh, it was just, it was just mucking about really. And we, we managed to find out how to do it and we, we made it and it tastes like Palmer Violets and I hate Palmer Violets. So I knew as soon as it tasted, I wouldn't like it, but it tasted like Palmer Violets. We actually put it into full production. It, it, it sold out pretty much straight away, the whole thing. But yeah, that sort of shocked me. <laughs> It's funny what people will buy. Like yeah. you know, like they say, you speak to these like your customers. You mash that out. You just turn it into fucking bath bombs. Ah, well, <laughs> nah, yeah, yeah, that. Or, or as uh, I, I've mentioned a couple of times to uh, Head Brewer, as in, if worse comes to worse, we barrel age it, and we 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 push the problem twelve months down the line. Let <laughs> me see when it comes out. Like. Whoa, a barrel aged Parma Violet, so. Yeah. I think I might. I think I might be a tougher sell to be fair. It's no imperial. It's no imperial anything by that point, other than leather. <laughs> Pure like, soap. But like you said, Dan, if you're not the one that's selling it now, then it's not your problem. You pass it on to the next sales guy. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Yeah. If there's a then your 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 first trial, your first test is now. If he came to you and said spiced dry. What would your response be? <laughs> Chorizo. Go for that. Yeah. Go for that. <laughs> I, I, I was speaking to uh, Johnny from Holy Goat the other day, and they've got a test for when they um, when they release a beer, and I'm going to start using it because it would have stopped a few of those beers coming through for me. <laughs> it's, it's called the pint challenge. If you can't drink a pint of it, we don't make it. Uh, that's a good. That's a good. Uh, hold on, well, like that's dangerous in a Scottish brewery because we. You'll drink a pint of anything. <laughs> Purely drinkability, though. If you can oh, get yeah. a pint of it, then it's good to go. Yeah, like Challenge some accepted. Of those, <laughs> some of those holy goat numbers are like absolute savage. Like 9, 10, 11%. Yep. Like the thought of a pint of one of those is backstroke material. Like absolute putting you to bed. Yeah. This is why they always look so tired every time I see them. He's done all. Fuck it out. It's a good yeah. test. Can you survive a pint of <laughs> Can you survive? And that's if you can survive, that's when we'll make it. Um, you've also yeah. got some um some barrel aging little barrels hidden away. Uh, what you got sneaking in there that I've noticed on social media? Yeah, so at the moment they're empty. Oh, Fuck yeah. all then. Yeah, absolutely nothing. <laughs> they've been em- they've been emptied recently. So we did a one of them was the Emperor's collab that we did, which was a rum barrel aged solid caramel imperial stout, which was a second one that we did. Uh, we did another one back in twenty in twenty nineteen, which was the non barrel aged version, yeah. uh, and it's just taken us that long to get around to it. Um, the other one was a collab with Three Hills, which was a, a Scotch barrel aged um, Cranachan imperial porter, like ten point one percent, so sort of raspberry, raspberry um, type, or, yeah, or type thing. That's it, yeah, in cardu awesome. barrels. Um, so yeah, that that that's just come out now. Um, Any plans to re reuse these barrels? We've got some fresh ones in, um, so we're looking at a few different bits at the moment. 
Um, we want to get hold of some gin barrels and some tequila barrels and some mezcal barrels, and we're just working out what we can put into those at the moment. Something different. But yeah, some more stouts coming out. But we brewed so many imperial stouts, and unfortunately, they, they're already in the middle of summer that we've kind of got a bit of a backlog at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> it's not true. very good. We're not very good at timing things. <laughs> it's, it's coming. The good, out. About, the, the good thing about imperial stouts and stuff is that you know the freshness isn't really as important as yeah. with, the, with the hoppy stuff. So you know, if it, if it comes out sort of September, October, it's still going to be good, isn't it? January, February time, you know. So I mean, Fokker, the, the, like when it gets, it's, it's not that way at the moment. It's actually been pretty decent weather up here the past few days. But when it starts to get to that, it's just pushing the rain all the time. Everybody's looking for it to at least, like, if it's going to be bad, but like no summer time anymore, at least make it frosty. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> that's when they folk will be looking for their beers, whether it's it's cold enough yet or not. For sure, for sure. It's funny actually because I was saying that to Gav earlier, like the. Like it's not really stout season, but like it's dark now. At like, well, it's dark now, like, and I'm thinking uh, to myself like, <laughs> you know, well, it's, it's definitely the the, the it, craft beer fans' pumpkin spice latte in it. It's like, give me any <laughs> like, is it is it is it time yet? Yeah, for me anyway. That yeah, we did that last year. Not not a fan of that beer at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're very, they're really now. hard. I mean, the the craft beer channel ones in and to go by. It's a difficult. Task to undertake, Johnny and them had a, a pretty hard battle with theirs as well. It's uh, yeah, yeah. it's one of them should just be left well alone. Pumpkin, I'm not really a. I've had beer when I was in Washington. I've had beer served from a pumpkin, but it was not a pumpkin beer. So they had a, in DC, they had a they had tapped a giant, like it was a beer festival they had on, and they had tapped a giant pumpkin. Hey. It was just sat in the bar, and it had the beer in it. And they they tap they poured the beer out of the pumpkin, but it wasn't pumpkin flavored. I get to go on some to being inside the pumpkin, yeah, yeah. but it was, was it just was a, it lined? It was just a stout. Mm. That sounds so, fucking was horrendous. It, it does. It was amazing. It was that well cleaned like out and everything. Yeah, yeah, but it was. I mean, it tasted brilliant. But I was about twelve deep by then, so. Nah, there we go. Is that is that there's, it was like you see like two or three people get it and you're like. It's a fucking gimmick. What's that? And they're like, is that you're not pouring that out of that? Yes, we are, sir. Right, give me one minute. <laughs> <laughs> so, was the keg just like squished inside a big pumpkin? There, it may well be. It wasn't fake. <laughs> I'm just I know, like... It wasn't fake. I know that because they were they were they were talking to everybody about how it was they had got it in and where they had got it from and the farm and all this kind of thing. You know, everyone in America, everyone like fucking the whole pumpkin patch would have been that size. Yeah, like, mega pumpkins. There you go, Dan. There's your uh, that's your uh, October and all that sorted in the tap room. A couple of big pumpkins pouring paint straight from. I didn't want to say anything, but we did it last year. I'm embarrassed about it, but we did. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, have, while we're on the, just suggestions for the rebrew, the the Lucky Charms number has to be. We're talking about color beer. It's got to be grey next time, like the milk when you. You have Lucky Charms. It always goes that kind of weird grey colour. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to have everything. It's got, it's got to tick all the boxes next thing. Well, that, that was the thing. When we when we did the social media about it, got sent over the videos from guys. I'm like, the, beer's, the beer looks grey. And I was like, oh, yeah, shit. Lucky Charms. Does, it does go grey. Ah, good. So, like, trying to get my good socials. Like, it definitely oh, does. Oh. It goes that kind of murky. You're like, there's no yeah. way. Like, none, yeah. of the, none of the marshmallows are that colour. How the fuck is it grey? <laughs> <laughs> just e just e number soup by the time you get e number soup. <laughs> um, Marky or, or Scott, are you switched over? 
Um, I just had. Where did I put the bottle? Just, I just I can't tell you what I drank because it was. Top, hashtag, hashtag ad uh, Alchemy's Bad day at the office Are you fucking, aye, aye. Another fucking aye, aye. We're keeping it We're keeping it Totally on trend today Fucking hell you lot it, it right, right, Hold yeah. on I'm, I'm timing this one Because I'm getting paid For this this time Go on so, then It's Reading It's lovely and bitter It's Four and a half percent You can't really go wrong It's got a, It's lovely And kind of clear It's got that lovely Amber colour to it it went down really, really quick. Can't really say much more about it than that. It was, it. it was great. Lovely 330. Quite quite bitter, quite had that kind of bit of malt backbone to it. It was aye, lovely. Perfectly pleasant. And I'll quote you for £10.83, Julie. You should. Take it. Well, it was me that gave the review, so you need to double that. Oh, all right, sorry. All right, all right. That's that's very, very true. You can the talent. You can, you can send over our, our fucking invoice for that. Uh, what you got, Andy? I've actually um, just like totally tanned it so quickly, actually. It's the Dinky from Exhale. I found it in the back of my fridge since we had oh, the guys on. Um, God, have you kept that for so long? Oh, it's yeah. in the back of the fridge, mate. I totally, I was went hunting earlier and it's a it's a 2.8% micro IPA that's probably why it ended up in the back of the fridge but <laughs> um new new england style um really really light like kind of fully flavor um like totally smashable obviously it's 2.8% like but clean slightly kind of slight tropical aspect it is it's leaning towards new england ipa that's the way but like as a micro that's kind of what i would expect and honestly like smash the 440 mil can like easy it's really really tasty stuff and you know we've touched on the whole low and no um kind of category and you know 2.8 percent like we've had that like what's the point conversations before but you know as a kind of palate cleanser gateway in between different beers and that it's it's really really tasty for me so highly highly recommend it like i think that's the thing as well with the the low and no stuff as well that's it is that idea of going for a, a dipper or a triple and then trying a different style whether it be a stout or something you're still going to get the after effects of that last big fucking badass beer so have something a wee bit lower in between to Get your wee palette, a wee cleanse, and then you can fucking go bad boy again. Oh yeah, Carl, what you got? Well, I, I breezed through another beer there when we were having that oh. uh, that chat. I'm at a stage supermarket, and it was Luminous Nights, which we've spoken about ad nauseum way um, on the podcast. And but that, I have to agree, Mark, on, on this occasion. I don't know um, whether it's been it's been altered slightly or. Or whatever, but I, I didn't. I didn't really enjoy it as much on this occasion. Um, so Luminous Nights is the seventy-one uh, New England Double IPA, seven point four percent. And I have to be honest, I actually enjoyed the 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 straight New England from Stuart a lot, a lot more. Um, this one just tasted a little bit harsh for me. Um, it, it, it did feel as though it was chasing the ABV, even though it's only thirty-seven point four. Um, and it just, yeah, it was all right. It was okay. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I remember enjoying it a lot more before. Um, but hey, and I've, I've just moved on. Thankfully, I've, I've moved on to um, my second last track beer, um, and it's from the Lux series, and it's their uh, Galaxy Spectrum Double IPA. 
Oh. Um, this oh. one, and it's and it's fucking tremendous, man. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, mate, honestly, um, eight percent, and it's just sessionable. It's absolutely stunning. It really is. It's it's just an absolute, absolutely perfect beer. It really is. It's really funny because, like, without it being bad, but every track beer you've had on the podcast, I think yeah. you've basically said. In the same the description. Same, it's the same description. <laughs> which fucking, no, but, it's, bang, it's fucking banging again, Mark. Thanks. But what I'm saying is, though, that it shows the quality across aye, the game. So that was just the consistency. Aye. Yeah. And the only, the only, I had seven, it was seven, seven beers in that track box, and there was one, it was still brilliant, but it was labelled as a West Coast, and it wasn't, for me, West enough. So in, in terms of, you know, doing what it said in the can, it didn't hit the mark, but it was mm. still it was still fucking brilliant, you know. So yeah, and I've I've, just, I've thankfully I've left the gold top for last, um, so I'll enjoy that at a later date. Can't. <laughs> you just hope it's as good as the rest, though. That's the thing now. Aye, that's it, mate. It will be. It fucking will be. Bastard, Gilroy. <laughs> uh, you've been to me, but I've just opened up. Uh, Overtones eating mallows, so review to come. Review to come, review to come. Uh, I've I've just finished a, a lovely Neon Raptor number, Haze Lounge, uh, 5.9% with Vic Secret, Citra Cryo and Idaho 7. Um, it does what it says in the tin, Haze Lounge, it's nice and hazy. Lovely tropical notes coming through. Um, the aromas are just fucking banging, to be fair. I, I'm a massive fan of Neon Raptor, to be fair. I think that they, they make some fucking really nice, really good beers. Um, and if you've never tried them before, one, go and check them out. Two, if you're a bruiser subscriber, add them to one of your months because you won't be disappointed. They, they do do some mad shit as well. Um, so if you like some crazy beers, check them out. But if you like some fucking good solid Nipahs, etc., they also do that as well. Um, they smash it out of the park. And also the marketing stuff is pretty fucking cool as well. And I know you guys have done a collaboration with them as well, Dan. Yeah, that, that was to be honest, that was one of the first ones we did. That was ages ago. Um, when they're brewing out of Black Hole Brewery, I think, in Burton. So mm-hmm. it was like before before the brewery days. But yeah, huge, huge fans of um, really good friends with um Tom and Josh and everyone at the tap room, Dave and all that lot. Um, yeah, can't fault them, can't fault them. The, the beers are great consistently. Their imperial stouts are next level. Yeah. They like they like to push the envelope a little bit. Um, which there's nothing wrong with that. Um, back to yourselves and uh, Heist Brew. You guys are attending or have attended some um, festivals this year already. We, not that none of us can remember, we, me and Mark bumped into you at Brew London very briefly um, at this, the kind of start of the year. You've also got this coming weekend. Um, you guys are pouring at the Northern Culture Craft Beer Festival. Um, you've got that. Any other plans for the rest of the year in, in terms of beer festivals, or is that is this the last one? No, we've got um, this weekend. We've got we've got two more this weekend. So we're at Derby Beercon, uh, which again Tom and Josh from Neon Raptor and uh, Suds and Soda. So that's that's gonna be a really good one. They've always got a really good lineup. And then we're at um, PCIB, which is a beer festival in Sofia in Bulgaria. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, how did that come about? <laughs> no, first question. Um, uh, a lot of it stems from, from the Budapest days, which I'll go into a bit more later. It'll make a bit more sense. But um, 
he might not have heard, they don't do any distro in the UK, but White Stork Brewery are one of the, the sort of top breweries over in Bulgaria. Mm-hmm. Um, we met him at Budapest Beer Week a couple of years back and we decided to go over uh, beginning of the year and we brewed a three-part collaboration series with them. Um, sort of three different New England IPAs, single hop, but using Lupamax, um, Spectrum, uh, Incognito and BBC pellets. So the first one was Mosaic. Then we've done... They're going to kill me for not remembering what the other ones were. I'm sure, sure, sure one of them was uh, Citra. And there's, there's another one, more recent one that's just come out. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we've just we've known them for a bit. Um, when we were over there, they invited us to come over. So we thought, why not? Yeah, quite right. Yeah, go for it, man. Yeah. Right. How do you find the reception is over there and stuff to, to the beers? Good. Yeah, really good. Um, you export stuff man. over, like, to Bulgaria or... This is be our first shipments going over. Um, yeah, the, the, the first two kegs going for the festival, and then they're getting a full pallet. So, be our first stuff into into Bulgaria. Market. Uh, see, for, yeah. see for me, like that, that just I think that's awesome. I can, you know, what it's like. See when you're a you're a British person, you go on holiday, and you go in Spain and stuff, and then you're going in the supermarket, and you go, ah, they sell them back home, and it's like fucking walkers and the golden lays, and you're like, hey. This is in Chris back home. <laughs> you feel like you'd do the same thing with the beer. Like, oh, it's a fucking I know those guys. And you'd you'd buy it there. You'd pay yeah, double yeah. the price, and you're like, ah, oh, it's fucking great. And then you're like, what? Well, I could have got that back home for like five pound cheaper, but because it's here, it's fucking amazing. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, it's, it's, it's talking about another Scottish brewery. Every time I go to Budapest, the one that I see most represented there all the time in every single bar and tons of it is Tempest. Tons of it. Wow. Drip, uh, drip trays, bar runners, and every craft beer bar. Fucking every, I'm like, fucking, I don't see any of their beer anymore. And I love Mexican, one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite beers. And I, I'm seeing it everywhere. I'm like, shit. Okay, now. Mental. just went over there and spent like, like two months and just like tapped every bar, like with hundreds <laughs> of merch and stuff. No, right, you can guarantee that would be hard before he switched over to gin. I'll take a I'll take a wee trip over there and I'll I'll tap them up. <laughs> There's a lot worse places to be craft beer wise than than Budapest, that's for sure, and, and Bulgaria, I'm sure as well. Mm. You know, the, that, that kind of area of love. It's just a we think we're into it. <laughs> they know how to, to do craft beer properly and they really enjoy it. So yeah, more more beer geeks I've met in, in Budapest than I have in the UK. Like serious, as like they, they will hold you to account for like science. Like this. What's this? They're notoriously harsh at rating you on Untapped as well. So they really <laughs> are. They drive it down. You look at these people's average ratings on Untapped. It's like two point five. That's like <laughs> they're, they're, they're like shit. It's like selling here, but at the same time they're absolutely destroying. Well, they're not, but it feels like they are compared to the UK. Uh, you go, have to start. <laughs> I was going to say you're going to have to start filtering your untapped like uh, UK only right <laughs> for the year rating. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's the thing with like, and we've kind of mentioned it with a couple of people before, but like, what like onus do you put on untapped with like maybe what you would brew and like and and like is that where I kind of asked this question slightly before we started recording, but like, is that where you get like a lot of your kind of feedback and and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, you you try not to look at it all the time. You try yeah. not to bruise it all the time. But ultimately, regardless of what people say, it makes a difference. Um, because when we were, when we first started out brewing, 
uh, before like this massive influx of like amazing breweries that have come along in the last year and a half two years as well because there are some really great brand new breweries um we broke into the top 50 and then it's top 20 at one point and with overnight it was like sales doubled beer festival in- invites started coming on online store sparked up and uh, a lot of a lot of wholesalers now putting untapped scores onto the products so when yeah. when people are buying things so it does, does definitely swing it so you've got to kind of play the game a bit Sorry, mate. Sorry, no, no, try. I find that that really annoying in a way because I know there's a lot of no bots, but I know there's a lot of like fake rating and all the rest of it. There's a lot of shit rating as well in terms of yeah. I don't like a sour, so I bought this sour and rated it zero point five and all that pish. But like <laughs> you, get, you get that, but I ultimately I believe that overall it does average out to give you a good indication. Personally, I know a lot of people get upset about the one stars and 0.25 stars, but yeah, fair enough. It's helped me pull a beer off the shelf before that I didn't quite realize because it maybe left the, the tap room. We didn't, weren't tasting it all the time. Uh, so it allows you to identify that. But yeah, ultimately, I think it does serve a good purpose. Yeah, um, yeah I don't get too upset about it all, but we definitely. It's we, personal we, opinion people, at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, 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 for sure. As long as you get you guys feel it's useful and it's a yeah. value add, and you take it where you take this some what needs to be taken with a pinch of salt with a pinch of salt, then how can it not be? It's one of a million sources that like you you were saying just as I joined. You've got the um, you've got the tap room, so you've got a bit of feedback there. You've got the, the test kit stuff that giving you a bit of feedback. You've got the wholesalers and everybody else is trying stuff. Mm-hmm. You've got people outside the country who are hammering you for things. <laughs> um, but the, it's, it's one of a million sources. As long as you treat it as one of mm-hmm. many data points, then it can be anything else but useful because yeah. it's giving you something. Yeah, yeah. I think it's where it's your only data point. It's where it's the be-all all and end-all. Well, you're right. That's that. If you're doing something like buying and you're, you're, you're stuck in your bar purely based on that, then I don't think that's a kind of healthy to way to use the data it provides but yeah. if, if you treat it as one of many sources and do your your research properly then it can it's, it's one of many and it's a another strength your bow and it can be another plus as long as it's not the only thing driving your your decision making process and i think it, yeah. it, it's a positive yeah, for sure. And I suppose if it did, if it was the main thing driving anybody's decision-making process, I'd be brewing Imperial Stouts all the time. 100%. Double IPAs, triple IPAs, and I wouldn't be brewing brown ales. It's one of those things. You just look into those top-rate categories. I think ours is in the top few, the American brown ale. But, you know, it's to me, sales are the most important thing. Yeah. Perhaps great. Uh, said it it helps you identify certain things but we don't brew specifically for untapped otherwise people wouldn't drink in our bar because ultimately the styles that rate well aren't styles that you're going to sit out and drink all night Mm -hmm. Mm. very true do you you obviously you've got like you said you've got the space in terms of the tap room um like for me that looks like a perfect tap room to like hold events and like music and stuff like um because it's such a big space have you had them before are you planning on doing anything like that at all yeah, yeah, we we, we do uh, quite a lot of stuff around that. Um, most of the time we try and incorporate with something beer-wise. Yeah. Uh, but during uh, the summer in Sheffield, you've got Tramlines Beer Festival. Uh, beer Festival? Music Festival. <laughs> which goes on, like, big, big music festival across the city. Uh, we host 
one of the one of the fringe stages uh, so we have music on multiple days but we have to be careful because our planning permission doesn't allow amplified music so we're kind of limited as to what we can do oh. in terms of music or what we can push and get away with if Sheffield right. <laughs> Council are listening to this I am only joking but um, <laughs> it definitely is um definitely is something that we try and utilize the space for because we've got the two rooms it it works quite well for it uh, like I said, that the space that you've got kind of it looks like it, it will suit something like that because it's such a good space. Like I mean, I mean, the video that I shared with the guys looks fucking amazing. Like it's a place we would, I would happily sit all fucking day oh, and, and go in the puggies and play the shuffleboard and all that shit and just go through every single fucking tap and then just go home. Very happy. It. Oh. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it is a great space. It it obviously looked a lot worse two years ago. Uh, <laughs> Now, when we walk in, you kind of forget sometimes, like, how on earth did it go from an abandoned building to this? Um, but, yeah, it's, it's it's perfect what we need. It gives us the room for expansion for the brewery as well. We can lose one of those rooms. And we can expand into that if we need to. If not, it's busy anyway. So we, we're happy. It's mad thinking that you can have, like, 200 people. I'm sure that's what it said on your website when I had a look. It says, like, like 200 people or something in the pub at the same time. And you think... 200 craft beer drinkers like you can say good music drinking awesome beer playing shuffleboard and all the rest of it like the atmosphere like on a like a saturday must be like absolutely like awesome like it's as soon as i see that i was like it's gonna have to be on the beer fridge road trip it's on the last stop. 100%. yeah yeah you'll, you'll have to come down but for sure i suppose the area we're in as well is good because it's a it's a nighttime sort of area so yeah. we're not, we're not oh, that's good we're not just stuck in an industrial estate. We're in the old industrial area of Sheffield. So they're old, uh, like cutlery work type buildings, old steel works and stuff like that. But they've all been converted into bars and restaurants and stuff like that. But it's also like a reasonably upmarket crowd. So you're not getting yeah. like too much too much trouble or anything like that. It's, it's pretty chill, but the weekends are, are definitely the time to come. Sounds awesome. Genuinely, like, honestly, like, like I said, I've seen the video and I was like, I want to be there. I, I, so one thing, like, where I live and I'm just like, there's no, I would be so jealous if you, uh, like, for whoever lives, like, a five-minute walk away. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> I, th- I think that's it. It's like, in the community, it's a walking distance. It's like, you know, you can build, like, local support, but at the same time, you're then going to get, like, you're getting, like, weekend traffic as in like people that might be like you know like you've got that one mate that drinks craft beer and be like right well we'll stop here because we're on the way to whatever along this yeah. bit you know it's and if you don't like the beer you know we can go to the cocktail bar whatever that's down the street <laughs> but the tent but then they'll come in to your spot and they'll uh, there's plenty of choice of for drinks and then they're going to be able to kind of get stuck into stuff and they'll end up being there all night just because like you know it's, it's a, a wicked atmosphere so that's the plan and that's that's the reason why you've got a coach in there like to to at least um pander to the the the, the lager drinker of the world who uh, that was was me at one point when we did a, a a euro trip and i was like i can't drink any of this fucking fancy beer just give me a lager and i'm happy so you can still you've still got you've got that covered and me if i could go back in that trip and give myself a slap fucking hell yeah all right when <laughs> When we're in Brussels and all the rest of it, and we're in Delirium's fucking tap room, and there's like, what was it? Something like 
something like 68 taps or was it 75 taps some ridiculous and Gav was like I'll have that one over there it's a lager and we're like my god (laughs) (laughs) I've got a really random question I suppose like you know if you had to describe like your brewery as in like what like style your brewery is or what like where you fit within are you doing your are you you going to do your what three words no Uh, (laughs) oh we could do that actually that's not a bad idea when you started it you may as well finish it no, I was gonna. What I was gonna go was like touch on that and like describe like your brewery basically in three words. Then let's go with that. If you had to kind of give people that haven't tried or heard of Heist Brew Co. Um, and give it a three word sort of thing. <laughs> there's a, there's a three words Heist Brew Co. <laughs> Putting you on the spot. <laughs> The other okay, we should have was... we should have we should have sent these questions in advance, Mark. Nah, oh, yeah, nah, 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 nah. nah. nah, nah, nah. That's um, so three words. Um, shit. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah, not, one, not, not one. that one. Not that one. <laughs> Cold wet beer. <laughs> um, accessible. Some of them. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Unafraid nice. and. Modern, I, I suppose we, we 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 avoid we avoid quite a lot of the traditional styles. Uh, we don't feel like we fit into that that side of the um, market. We don't do any cask or anything like that because there's so many places in Sheffield just doing really good stuff that they've been doing for decades or years yeah. or whatever. We're not trying to, to corner that market. There are people that already do better than us, and we we don't yeah. have a passion for it. So that's the reason why I'd say modern over over, over anything else. Um, Sheffield's got a very old school big drinking culture and it goes yep. back a long time. A lot of traditional beers brewed there over the years that have come and gone and a lot of really good breweries doing traditional beer now. In fact, the majority of the breweries there are, um, which is fantastic, but there's a few that are starting to push the boundaries a bit and we like to feel like we're towards the towards the front end of that. So do you feel like, do you feel like one cast line is enough? Um and and the and the, the the sort of tap room there, do you given the sort of like the demographic that you say, you know, do you feel as though one's enough, or could could more maybe be a, a carrot for other people to come in and then maybe migrate over to the craft stuff? We we could sustain more, but the problem is next door to us, we've got one of the best community pubs in the country. It's really well run. Uh, they've got like five, ten really well kept cast lines. We know just from having one on, we don't we don't do enough of it. We've already got thirty yeah. lines. I'd much rather point somebody to next door or somewhere like the Kellam Island Tavern or Shakespeare's or the Bar Stewards. This everybody's doing cask and keg, so we're just doing the yeah. keg. I don't think it'd be an additional draw to come to us. Um, we put more effort into that side of things. That no, makes that makes sense. If you've got yeah. really good, really good examples in the the next door to you and, and just down the road that have got that done, it's a lot of it's, it's a lot of faff to, to look after casts properly, and um, you've got to be you've got to really dedicate yourselves to it if you want to do it well yeah. and have more than one. So having one on there kind of does lets you pick the best of what's going on at that point in time and uh, they can if somebody wants to 
camera up for for however long you can <laughs> you can nip to one of the the, the places that are full on cask all the time. It's a, be, that's that's a good way to do things. I would yeah, say. and to be fair as well, Sheffield camera are pretty progressive, so it's it's not like a massive stumbling block for for them. They 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 might not they might not be their preference, but they will still come in and drink. Yeah. So for me, they know what they're getting when they come in. Uh, the cast line isn't always something they might drink because I'll put sours on there or imperial stouts. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong, is we've not got Timothy Taylor's on. It's um, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll find something interesting and it'll, it'll be going on that cast line for sure. Or it'll be a we'll do a side by side. We'll put something into a pin from our brewery and pour it side by side for a special release. Yeah, the thing that's is really the... cool. Sorry, Mark, carry on. No, I was just going to say that's really cool. You know, like it's like taking the the modern and sticking it into a traditional like vessel as in like the cask you know and like i was at the scottish sea bill awards a couple of weeks months by god it feels like months now but where it was like kind of all it was the like the the camera award so it was all everything was in cast and like it was really funny like getting a chance to try some of the beers that you have in bottles and kegs and all the rest of it on cask and how the flavor was sort of different and a few of them were like super enhanced i've mentioned them on previous episodes uh others were not and you were sort of <laughs> thinking you know and the thought of like you know like you say a sour or an imperial on cask i think is wicked and like you see being able to pair that up with like the more modern kegged style beers that you're able to do is i think it's pretty badass to be honest so that the thing as well, like you mentioned, if you've got an establishment close to you that's doing more cast stuff, like if, looking from kind of previous experience, word of mouth is a massive thing. So if you're sending people their way, evidently they're going to send people your way. Um, yeah. And it's the best way to yep. do it. It's the best way to do it. They'll, they'll, know, you, they'll know that you're sending people their way. Um, I don't know, numerous times, like, when I run in a pub, like, oh, why have you came here, like, except or how did you hear about us and you'll know if you're doing sales as well, you'll be kind of asking those questions. They'll say, oh, such and so said it. So it's the best way to do it. Word of mouth is such a massive, massive tool and uh, people should use it more often, definitely. For sure. Is there any is there any proper hangovers in, in Sheffield from your medicine, the kind of steelworks and stuff like that? Is there any weird quirks with like drinking laws and stuff like that where you can get like a pint at half four in the morning and stuff? I know there's <laughs> pubs in Edinburgh that have... Uh, Still, despite postal places having shut down, it feels like a million years ago, you can still get pints at daft o'clock despite uh, drinking laws and things like that. You can still get... <laughs> it's not in it, the Isnia Witherspoons that you can still get beer at, at ridiculous o'clock if you're in there at the right time. I wish, but yeah, I think... Uh, Is it think, long gone? I think the council scrapped all the fun out of it, unless allegedly you hand a brown packet to somebody. You you have to have fight hard. Like the light, the license is 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 quite difficult to get, especially in one of those old buildings, because we're in a in an area that's a conservation area. So they want to uh, they want to keep it all, you know, like in keep market. it. Bear in mind, if you go on Google Images, uh, go Google Street Views, have a look at where our address is, and have a look at the building. And they were having a go at me because the extraction fan was. Uh, silver stainless steel not like sheffield's famous for stainless steel they wanted right. to in keeping <laughs> the area but if you have a look at the building how it was before on street view you, you'll see why i was just like it's like are you joking you're holding up client permission because you want this one particular thing but the building was about to come down 
it was away it was fast yeah we've, actually, we've done you a favour <laughs> exactly but Did yeah you worrying about stainless steel <laughs> yeah I know man. <laughs> fucking madness. Yeah. madness surely we've got to ask then you mentioned that you were looking at Edinburgh for I'm getting second uh, where, location where were you looking where well one where were you looking but two like are we is that still on the cards as a second venue on the horizon is there like something that you're looking at uh, so first of all, uh, second venue is kind of off cards at the moment. Um, at the time, priority wasn't expanding the brewery, whereas it kind of more is now. Uh, mm-hmm. We're starting to add as much as we can to the, our current set, but we need to um, we need to really need, look need at, to be brewing more beer. Simple, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, at Edinburgh, the place we were looking at was six degrees north, old place. Oh, uh, oh, good uh, location too. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, we went up and we looked at it a couple of times, spent a, spent a couple of nights up there, been in conversations, even had the owners of the building come down to ours for a night. Um, but to be honest, all just felt a little bit, uh, fell a little bit flat back end. We spoke to a few people in the area uh, that we knew or people who had worked there and they said, great venue, kind of just off the main... It's just off the beaten track. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we kind of just walked away for it from it for now it was yeah. a, it was an awesome venue the potential it had like shit ton of lines the two the upstairs and the downstairs yeah beautiful building it was and, an awesome pub like when it when you were in like you say the beer and everything was awesome it just what we, i would, we what I would say is that that when you when it was busy it was amazing but there was there was at least you know a handful of occasions where, where i went in and it was you know, it wasn't as if it was like a Wednesday afternoon or, you know, you know this kind yeah. of thing. It was it was a Friday or a Saturday or a Sunday or whatever, and it was fucking empty. Yeah, you know, yeah. It was just that wrong side of the, of the you know, the beaten track, if you like. Yeah, and, and it's so close as well. But, I mean, we've looked at hundreds of places in Sheffield that we've sort of kept an eye on in, in the end, and we've thought that is just one street over too far. And I've seen businesses go yeah. and... and go into it and then disappear and then someone else go into it so i feel like now if we're being as strict as possible rather than looking at the building going i love this place it'll be perfect actually having a look at the mm-hmm. and going, you know what it's not quite right we didn't we didn't find it ourselves Some, somebody told us about it um we thought we'd be a good fit so it wasn't it wasn't something we'd searched out but yeah yeah bit frustrating. You've got to be, if you're coming back up to edinburgh now you've got to be in that haymarket up Woden Road, yeah. Monty's there's a yep. spot that it would be ideal, yeah. a wee bit small maybe, but like in that Lothian Road, like down Morrison Street in Haymarket, or you've got to be down in Leith, like, yeah. and that's the two. And, and and at the end of the near the within spitting distance of the end of the tram line, that middle bit is going to get so oh, underserved where it is. Like when the trams when the trams make it to New Haven, yeah. yeah. It's going to be a constant go between the two bits and anything in the middle between between Princess Street and uh, and New Haven and, and Leith is going to be uh, so underserved, like yep. in comparison to to those two venues. Like, and then you've got where they are they're opening those like the massive office blocks and stuff right next to the market station. They're nearly there, and there'll be masses of people there. Mm-hmm. That that intersection where you've got Malone's and where Monty's used to be, that whole you've got the, the Froth and Flames up there. That's a good be pub too. Well, it's the Froth and Flames band that's changed its name, isn't it? No, it's still Froth and Flame. No, it's no. 
It's changed its name to can Pablo's Pizzeria or something like that. It's, it's been repainted the last couple of weeks. But yes, there's many places around about there that, that are going to be the hanging bat and everything just in walking distance as well. Yeah, so yeah. Massive places, that, that kind of area. And it's on the tram line. So everything on that kind of bit is going to be prime. Um just get yourself a few. If you fancy it again, just get yourself a few guest lines on it first. We'll be there, so we'll definitely yeah, be there. Yeah, no. <laughs> there's not going to be any arguments about that. They'll yeah, disappear. They'll right definitely after. fucking vanish. Make a line for quick. it at the weekend if you tell us when they're going on. Yeah. Well, we just did what the a takeover at Fierce in Manchester. It's not quite the same thing, but... The one at Man- in Manchester gets a, a good rep, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a while. I've never made it down there since it's opened, but... Um, aye, it's a... It, I thought it was a bit kind of kind of caught me left field when I saw they were opening it after the one in Aberdeen and the one in Edinburgh and it was like Manchester within felt like minutes of the one in Edinburgh yeah. and I was like Christ here we go what's yeah. happening here and uh, it's it's kind of went all right it's a nice bar aye it's a it's a good location looks like a good bar looks like it's built up a pretty decent community of people that go there decent regulars and stuff as well which is um, I don't I wouldn't have seen uh, fierce in, in Manchester if you had asked us when the, the Edinburgh one's still open but it seems to be going pretty strong but get the stuff in Edinburgh heist it heist yep. in, in Edinburgh on that side of Rose Street would go down a, a storm if only because me and Mark and Callum no. decided <laughs> to make a beeline for it at the, the weekend so if there's any time weekly come and give us oh, no. we'll, we'll, we'll make sure and shift it for you I was going to say, I would recommend Glasgow as well, because that's like, but at the same time, I know the space is super limited. Um, having spoken to like James at Overtone and that, like they've been. Is, it, is this has this become a consultation? Uh, basically, I, we're in, I well, that's it. you know, that's what I said. You know, this is how the podcast goes. We end up on like, like we'll be talking about planning permission in 10 minutes. Like, perfect. My favorite. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I just think. You know, having like the ability to at least consider second space and thinking about, you know, obviously you're brewing at a thousand liters at the moment, and the grand scheme of like the craft breweries that are out there is super small, you know, and you can god, you could triple that quite easily. And again, it's fermentation space is again the tricky part that you've got, and it's an expensive gig, and whatever one you decide, um, and whatever string you kind of pull on that i suppose is where you think the best sort of way forward is for the brewery but honestly like everything that from like everything that we've spoke about today i think is just it's super exciting i'm looking forward to trying more of the beers i'm looking forward to trying some of the collabs especially with the scottish guys because yeah. we always try and rep the the scottish breweries on this podcast as well as much as we can but um yeah, it's it's sounding like proper exciting times to be honest. Can you, I bet the, the people that frequent the tap room can you wait until uh, a thousand litre becomes the test kit? That'll be no, that'll be all right when it becomes, when it, when they get that out a five or a pint, that'll be quite good. It's kind of depressing when you when you when you head to some of these uh, breweries. I think it was Stone Berlin when it was when it was Stone before Brewdog, and uh, they were like, "Yeah, this is our uh, pilot kit. It's like two thousand litres," and I'm like. <laughs> Go fuck yeah, yourself. Only, only cost about a million. The rest of it was a lot more. I'm like, it's yeah, basically pots and pans. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're brewing in your kitchen like the rest of us. 
Right, that's it. It's just glorified cooking, isn't it? Pretty that's much, it. pretty much. Um, what have you got planned for the rest? So we've kind of looked at the, the now and the hist and the before <laughs> things that can, when it all started. Uh, if we look forward, what are the plans for the next for the rest of the year in terms of heist? What have we got to look forward to? So one of the reasons we've been over in Budapest quite a lot is they're actually brewing there full time as well. So oh wow, oh, wow. So uh, yeah, for the European distribution, we, we're too small for it for one. Brexit red tape has just made it a bit of a nightmare for the places that we we sort of do. Yes. And the costs as well are just skyrocketing. So yeah. we went over this week and we were just packaging the first, we're doing four four beers at a time. So we've done the missing a few pegs, which we've just had with one of our core. We've done Pablo's Hippos, which is a double IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, Fight Park, which is our New England Pale. And Early Morning Warfare, which is our Pog Juice Sour. So yeah. we just, just released those four. Um, 2,000 litres of each. It just makes it so much easier. It means I can just get a pallet anywhere in Europe within a day or two for 150 euros rather than spending a thousand. A thousand, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, the industry that I work in, so I work in medical sales and stuff, and the red tape that we need to jump through to to just to exhibit a, a show um, in Belgium, for example, is yeah. absolutely fucking ridiculous. We need to. So you're basically you're basically saying it's like ten percent of the cost to, to distribute from from there as opposed to sending it from here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's it's it's, it's man, it's actually cheaper. It's it's cheaper to have a have somewhere in the continent in Europe, in mainland Europe, and then as to fucking ship it. It's honestly, it's it's bananas. It's fucking stupid. But that's hundred um, percent what you would do, wouldn't you? you would, if oh, well, so totally, there, totally. You would, you would send it there in bits and build it. Mm. What kind of <laughs> what kind of a process was that? You obviously you, you wouldn't just send your recipe over on a PDF and just trust the first person that came <laughs> by. So what was the what was the process like in terms of finding the right brewery and testing out their capabilities and and whether ten, they were going to you know? I'm assuming there's ten to fifteen free holidays later. Be <laughs> <laughs> fair, we've been we've been working doing a lot of work in Budapest for. Well, since 2018, we we first went out just as a bit of a holiday. But when we're, yeah, when tourist we're, thing, uh, thing. Yeah, but it was for Budapest Beer Week, the first one, and we just sort of, I don't know. I would love to do that. Like we we need like to that. do that, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah. Having seen it the past couple of weeks, it's just been unbelievable. That it's, plus it's uh, the baths when you're hungover. Having done the baths when I'm hungover, it's unbelievable. So <laughs> craft beer <laughs> plus the baths when you're hungover must be different class. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've, I've still not still not done the baths. I we, we go about ten times a year. Um, but we, we collab with other breweries. We, we've, we've collabed with most of the breweries in Hungary that here or over there. So we had a good idea about who was good. We know all the people that work in the beer scene who give us tips. Um, but essentially it came down to who had the capacity to do it because they're all super busy. Yeah. Uh, like really, really well, like well sought after now Hungarian breweries. Um, but there's a brewery called Monio who we're working with. So they, we, we first collabed with them about two years ago and they had an old 500 litre kit. They'd come into money somehow. One of the investors wanted to just upscale it or something like that. And um, they've now got this fully fully automated 2,000 litre German brew house. The wow. 6,000 litre fermenters, it's huge. Like the canning line boxes, the cans and everything. Somebody has robbed the bank. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of, it, it, yes, it's mega impressive going from like 500 litres to the size they're, they're 
plays now it's it's one of the most impressive ones I've seen even in the UK massive um, so you so yeah, we, actually send your recipe as a PDF um, <laughs> you just no, text, really it, text it straight to the cat <laughs> yeah, yeah at the end they, LOL they, they gave me the app just to log right. into the brew kit and I just did right, it just, to, just monitor it no, we, we went up, we went over and brewed it. Um, then I went back over a couple of weeks later to go through cold side. So um centrifuging, all the dry hopping and the packaging. And then we went over this time for beer week for one and to get everything into kegs. So yeah, it's been it's been a bit of a nightmare because we started the process in March for the first one and they haven't done a lot of contract brewing before. Mm-hmm. But we just wanted to make sure we're involved. Like yeah. Our beer styles, not necessarily the beer styles they make, but they're very, very good brewers. So mm-hmm. it's a case of making them a little bit uncomfortable with some of the processes that that we just need. Get, just do it this way because that's the way it needs to be fucking done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we take we taste them all on um, Wednesday last week and yeah, they're all tasting good. So they are going... They, well, this is the other good thing because the uh, beer festival in Bulgaria... The guys from Mad Scientists are actually putting the kegs in their car and taking driving them over for us. So it's just it's <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, see, to be honest, see the, the forward thinking and, and doing it that way and having someone over their contract brew, it's it's such a good way of doing it. I know but it, it's so involved. I think ah, exactly. the the saving grace for a lot of people because you wonder sometimes like especially with the stuff that goes over massive distances where we've seen the um devil's peak stuff for south africa come yeah. to fierce um which was a big a big jump and i think that turned out i mean i had all the beers that that made it over and i've never tasted the originals but they they were pretty banging beers mm-hmm. um and i think when they're properly involved and you can see that the original brewery was still hand, hands-on I think that's all right. I think it's yeah. where a lot of people maybe be turned off originally because you see the kind of set it and forget it. We'll brew Corona and fucking wherever it is. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's never even like there's there's nobody involved in the brewing process speak Spanish. Never mind fucking having been anywhere near Mexico. So <laughs> it, it, you get that kind of vibe right away when you think about it. But when you guys have made like three, four trips over there just to check it make sure everything's all right, test it all, move it into its various bits and pieces and, and get it ready for the various different formats it's served in. That's the way to do it if you're going to build it, if, if you're going to basically take something and its component parts and build it somewhere else, that's how you would want to do it and do it properly. And I think the people that drink it then, they're yeah. not going to know the difference, but they're going to appreciate the fact that it was right. still, it's still definitely a heist beer. It just so happens it was... Yeah, a different cat, which is is absolutely fine. And the the, the the one thing as well that we we found out, and the only reason why we really thought of it as a viable option is there are quite a lot of um, European breweries that are contract brewers. It's quite reasonably big ones that don't actually have their own facility, so they'll yep. brew in whatever country and it whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's when we started thinking, okay, maybe this is kind of a feasible option. It doesn't, it means we have to, we've already got people asking for the beer, but we're not quite at this stage to be able to upgrade the kit just to fulfill the export orders. Mm-hmm. And the fast, yeah. it's like just pure bollocks you have to go through to get it. Talking about plan, like planning permission and trying to shift things in the UK is hard enough. Never mind fucking looking at everything else under the yeah. sun, you know what I mean? 
try to get it out of the country is just too difficult. I mean, how many times yeah. have we seen stuff on the news about queues at various places? It's... Last thing you want when you're trying to get beer to a place on time is for the first time or second time or whatever properly exporting it, you really don't want to yeah. mess in a bit with that kind of red tape at that point. It's, it's, it's not that worth that headache. It's the delays and stuff like that as well. You don't want beer sitting mm-hmm. warm. Um, you can cold chain it, but then that's adding extra cost, which is what we'd have to do. Yeah, yeah for sure. But yeah, it's, it, we, we, we do the import side from Hungary a lot. So we know that it's still not a particularly quick process, still looking at a week, but then trying to deal with, I think we're working with maybe 11, 12 different countries at the moment. If it's all from within the EU, it just makes things just a hell of a lot easier. Plus, they deal with all the paperwork. Exactly. Pay them for, so. Exactly. <laughs> we just have to import. It's fucking easier. So it's all good. It makes it yeah, a you lot. You nip, nip over there on holiday. The, uh, <laughs> the, the bass thing in Budapest is an, an absolute must. See, rough, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. The the daft, uh, that was it. Get a laugh at it because it's a total pun name. It's called Sparty. There you go. It's like a club night thing at the bars. Unbelievable. Hundred percent Veruca Central, but you're drunk enough for it. I think the least of your problems, yeah. mate. Let's be <laughs> Honestly, that's it was I un- what an unbelievable place. But that just the ruin bars and everything. The, the total everything is. You're talking about like X, like your your places can X. You've got X industrial places around about you. That's the the mecca for X industrial kind of wrecked joints oh, <laughs> that, sure. that look amazing. It's 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 mecca for that kind of stuff. It's brilliant. That's mad. It's great, great city. It's like a massive playground. It's brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's seven days a week. It's mad. Every mm-hmm. day is busy. Uh, it's just it's just mental. Um, Dan, for people here back home in the UK that want to get hold of your beer, where would be the best place for them to go? Um, so, number one, I always like to promote other places before our own. Um, you can actually find our beer a lot cheaper elsewhere. So, there's lots of online stores. If you search Ice Brew Co., they'll be higher up on the ratings. Um, at the end of the day, we are there to sell beer yep. to our customers. So, Check out your local, ask them if they've got us in. If not, ask them why not, and then they can contact us. But if you do want to buy direct from us, uh, it's heistbrewco.com. If you go on there, we've got our online store. We do have a 10% discount code off for anybody signing up to the mailing list as well. Superb, superb. Like I said, heistbrewco.com. Get yourself over there, sign up to the mailing list, get your 10% off, and you can grab some of the beers. And if you're in the area... Fucking stopping because I I tell you what that I'm going to repost that fucking video because the video of that that tap room looks fucking phenomenal. Um, hey, it's you'll, on, have to, you'll have to come down for sure. It's definitely on the list. Um, yeah. it's it's like one or n- number one or two on the list of of tap rooms I need to check out in the next twelve months because it looks fucking ace. So Gav's, Gav's coming up to Scotland next month, so it might be a two-legged journey on the way up, stopping in Sheffield on the way up. Oh, stop there, go back up road, <laughs> come back down, stop Sheffield, come back down. Fucking yeah. Uh, that's a good halfway house. If that, is a, that is a superb halfway house if I've ever oh, heard of any. Well, that's pretty much in the middle, surely. Can we get? I was going to say, can we get a train? I'll get a train to Sheffield and then come back up the road. And then I'll send you jump in the motor. Sleeping the boot on the way home. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, having just had my inaugural um, Hamish John Hamish the motorhome, um, <laughs> there's there's some miles due for Hamish just shortly. So, uh, I'll be following behind with a caravan. 
you've got you've got a car park, don't you, Dan? Yeah, yeah no, we don't actually. But I can no, take really right. great places. That's absolutely <laughs> fine. Spot on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Jeppos with their caravans are coming. Oh, by the way, that that would be could be like a Highland horde. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just to pay then that's just to pay for the diesel. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Folk lying in the cupboards and everything just to pay for the diesel to come in. <laughs> You're on a 50 seat bus, Scott. No, no, it's just a it's just a four no, no. bears motor home, but, but we'll get there. It's we'll fine. get there. <laughs> spaces. Um, like I said, check out the website Heist Brutal Heist Bru- Heist Brutal, fucking Christ. Four cans deep. Look at the statement. Uh, dot com. Go and check that out. Make sure you like, follow, and share all the content on the social media pages: Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. While you're at it, search for the Beer Fridge Podcast as well. And wherever you listen to this podcast, make sure you subscribe and hit that ding a ling a ling to be notified of all the latest episodes. You can show your official support for the podcast by heading to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Beer Fridge Podcast. Get access to exclusive content and some homebrew from the guys as well. Patreon.com forward slash Beer Fridge Podcast. The home of real beer. New Breweries, Real Opinions. Dan, absolute star. Love having you on. Great chat as always. Um, looking forward to getting stuck into the beers um, when the postal service fucking gets their finger out. Great. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't wait for you to get them. Thanks for having us on. Really appreciate no, it. No, absolute pleasure, mate. Um, MD, Scotty, Cal, nice to speak to you guys as always. Until next week on the Beer Food Podcast. Cheers, bye. Good luck.